When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. God said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro, and this is episode 90, June 11th, 2018. We're going to talk about what is homesteading. Glad you're joining me today, folks. Hope things are going well in your homestead. We have been just super busy around here, and things are really starting to pop. I had my first uh, raspberries coming out yesterday, and lots and lots of greens. Strawberries are wrapping up about done, but you know what? Things things are really starting to pop around here. We're starting to get a little bit of zucchini coming on, and the, the yellow squash, and it's just, you know, the garden's really starting to come alive, and I just love this time of the year. love seeing what's going on and uh you know that's that's what's going on on my homestead but what we're going to talk about today is i had a question come in from Teresa, and uh, Teresa she asked a couple questions and the first part of her question i'm just going to answer in the recommendations because it's real simple but what she probably asked is the secondary part of her of, of her question is what i really want to get into here's what Teresa asked she said do you have a book that you might suggest on foraging for herbs and weeds that would have photographic and written descriptions. We are fairly new to homesteading, and I'm interested in learning about harvesting for both edible and medicinal purposes. Now, that's the first part of her question, and we're going to get to that at the end in the recommendations. But then she says, also, what do you consider homesteading? My husband and I moved out of Texas to Kansas in, in 2013, and over the last five years have remodeled and moved into my uh, husband's grandma's house. We both still have full-time jobs, but would like to have the ability to be self-sufficient. But that's pretty scary. <laughs> and uh, I think that, that sounds like a simple question, but that's where I want to uh, focus my energies today uh, is on that question. Because I haven't really answered that in a while. I've talked a little bit about that on podcast episodes previously, but I thought it'd be a great opportunity to really jump back into it and say, what is homesteading? And, and I think my definition has modified a little bit. I've added to it a little bit. Uh, since maybe the last time I talked about it and, you know, I had an original definition that, uh, I don't remember what episode it was, but I, I put out a definition and I've got, I got most of that definition from, from another website. And then I had adjusted it and added to it and kind of made it my own. Well, I did that again. I've actually took that definition and even added some more things to it. And I'll talk a little bit about that. So what I want to do is, is, uh, read that definition to you. And then kind of break it down what I believe homesteading is, what this definition lays out, and um, and just kind of what it is. Because I think, just some things you said there, um, you talk about being uh, having a full-time job. You, you talk about wanting to be the ability to be self-sufficient and it being scary. And then 
what do you consider homesteading? And and I think maybe what you're wondering is, is what we're going to do homesteading? Do I have, can I work a full-time job and be a homesteader? Is that something that's possible or, you know, is it, um, is it complete self-sufficiency? Is that what homesteading is? And we'll talk a little bit about that. So let's just break it down. Here's the definition. Homesteading is a lifestyle of pursuit of self-sufficiency and sustainability. It is often characterized by subsistence agriculture, livestock production, home preservation of foodstuffs, and it may or may not also involve other tasks such as the small-scale production of textiles, clothing, craft work for household use or sale, uh, modern homesteaders often use renewable energy options, including solar, electricity, and wind power. Many also choose to plant and grow heirloom vegetables and to raise heritage livestock. Homesteading is not necessarily defined by where someone lives, such as the city or the country, but rather by the lifestyle choices they make. And uh, I want to just break that down. I want to talk about each section of that definition to kind of lay out what I think homesteading is. Now, I do want to say this is a definition of modern homesteading. We could, you know, we could go down a rabbit trail of the hist- uh, historical definitions of homesteading. That's not that's really not relevant to what we do. It's it's that's a past definition. It is a different definition, no doubt about it. It's something completely different than what we do today. Uh, but I want to talk about what I believe that modern homesteader is, what modern homesteading is, rather. Um, so let's just break it down. Let's take this first sentence. Homesteading is a lifestyle of the pursuit. And then the first term in there is self-sufficiency. So what does it mean to pursue self-sufficiency? And and that's something I added to this definition. It used to be um, homesteading is a lifestyle of self-sufficiency and sustainability. And I actually changed it to a lifestyle of the pursuit And I'll explain here what I mean by that. So what does it mean to pursue self-sufficiency? Well, what is self-sufficiency? It's it's having a way to provide for yourself, to to supply for one's needs themselves. Now, here's the thing, and I think a lot of people confuse this with self-sufficiency. That doesn't necessarily mean doing it alone. It just means providing for yourself through your own resources. So what could resources be? Of course, your resources can be your garden, your livestock, um, your abilities, your skills, um, some of the things you own, like you know some of your uh, materials like canners and things like that. Having the, the, the things and the skills to provide for oneself. But it goes a little further than that. It actually just means all the resources that could be providing for you. What resources can you tap into that can provide self-sufficiency? Um Teresa, you actually mentioned it in the beginning. One is foraging. You know, you don't have to own that or have that on your property to be, you know, to, to have self-sufficiency. You could actually go out and forage for a lot of things. People, having people with, you know, knowing people with skills that you can barter with or do business with, that is actually an area of self-sufficiency. Now, let me ask you this. Is it any less self-sufficient if you say you don't grow a certain product on your property, but you have a neighbor who does and you trade some of the thing you grow for something they grow and you take advantage of that of that what they're doing that is a resource other people can be your resources that's not something you're doing yourself and there's nothing less self-sufficient about that you're still providing you're using things on your property to provide you for things you need if you even sell those things and you use the money to buy the things you need that is still self-sufficiency it's providing your needs with what you have 
And you can use other people for that, other products for that. I mean, it doesn't have to all be grown and raised and made right there on your property. Um, but I also want to talk about the pursuit of self-sufficiency. Again, attaining complete self-sufficiency is difficult. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm, you'll probably never attain that uh, 100%. Most people don't, and that's okay. I don't think you have to be completely self-sufficient to call yourself a homesteader, but I do believe you have to be pursuing some level of self-sufficiency. Okay, now let's talk about the second part of that first sentence, which was sustainability, a pursuit of sustainability. Um, what is sustainability? It's being able to maintain what you are doing on your homestead. Uh, if you're gardening, you should be seed saving to replicate that garden. That is something sustainable. That is something you grow, you collect the seeds, you're able to grow it. You don't have to step outside the bounds of your homestead um, to to do it again. And, uh, to grow it again. You can save the seeds and you get this rotation of product. You're raising livestock. You're using the manure to feed the garden. The garden's raising the garden up to feed the animals. You're, you're have this circle, the sustainability, something that can go on and on and on without a lot of input or really without any input. If it's complete sustainability, something that will take care of itself. Uh, something that you, you might have to do a little input, but it's sustainable. You don't have to, in other words, if all outside sources were shut off, and you could not get anything, what would go away on your homestead? What would stay? The things that stay, the things that you would able be able to replicate and do over and over and over, that's sustainability. If you couldn't do it anymore without any kind of outside input, that's not a sustainable thing. So it's a pursuit of sustainability. You want to be able to, to be um, sustainable by building a homestead that can just continue on without the, the, the inputs from an outside source. That's very difficult as well. Uh, it takes time. It takes more skill than anything. It takes understanding and knowledge and skill more than anything. And it does take a little bit of work setting a, a place up to be able to do that. Um, I feel like my rabbits are sustainable. You know, I mean, they're, I breed them. We, we raise them, we eat them, we breed more. I mean, it's a circle of providing meat. And so there's a lot of sustainability there. Uh, quail, same way. If you're hatching the eggs and you're, you're brooding your own chicks and you're raising them and you're getting the meat and you've just got this endless cycle. Animals can be very sustainable. Now, what I like about the smaller livestock is even on a small homestead such as mine, I'm able to provide the food that I need. I mean, if I was cut off and couldn't get any more food, uh, buy any more store-bought feed for my animals, I could produce enough food on my little property to feed those animals. They would eat grass. They would eat plantain. They would eat my comfrey. They would eat uh, other thing extra uh, byproducts I have. They would eat scraps, food scraps. They would eat the things. Chicken, same way. You can feed them food scraps. You can feed them a lot of stuff. The quail, same thing. You can continue on with sustainability with animals fairly easy. Now, the larger that livestock gets, the more ground you have to have to, uh, to uh, supply the foods they need to live. Um, so, I mean, it's all comparable to what you have. So, but now the pursuit of sustainability, I don't think you have to be, your homestead has to be a hundred percent sustainable to call yourself a homesteader, but I think you need to be pursuing it again, pursuit of self-sufficiency and sustainability. So what practices can connect you to self-sufficiency and sustainability that would lead you to homesteading? Well, here's where you start saying you're a homesteader. I like to think of it in the, in the form of a wagon wheel, okay? And, and the hub, the center of that wagon wheel, that is your homestead, okay? And let's consider the outer rim of that, of that wagon wheel. Let's call that sustainability and self-sufficiency. Now, you want to connect your homestead by spokes 
to that outer rim, right? Okay, that hub needs to connect to that outer rim to, to complete the wagon wheel. So I consider each one of those spokes to be something that you're doing that makes your homestead more self-sufficient and more sustainable. So let's think about a few of those things. One of those spokes might be gardening, simple vegetable gardening. One of those spokes might be livestock, and it could be different kinds of livestock. One spoke could be rabbits. One spoke could be uh, chickens. One could be goats. I mean, whatever. Each spoke could be a different livestock. You could just put one as livestock, and we'll just kind of um, make it a, a blanket statement. We could make another one and say that's uh, food preservation, um, and, and that would connect you to self-sufficiency. You're taking that that vegetables you're getting from your garden you could take the meat you're getting from your livestock and you're preserving that food so again it's connecting you to self-sufficiency sustainability several things fall under preservation there's canning there's dehydrating there's freezing there's smoking there's there's a whole bunch of things you can do to connect to pre preserving food through that spoke uh, you could add cooking skills to that. So cooking, you, not only are you, you, do you have to raise it and, and preserve it, but you have to be able to turn it into a meal. So that's another thing that can, that's another spoke that can connect you to self-sufficiency and sustainability. And the, and the spokes are just endless. It could be composting. You could be making your own uh, um, uh, household cleaners. You could be doing bushcrafting and, and foraging and hunting and fishing. You could be making herbal remedies. I mean, each one of these spokes and the more spokes you have that are connecting you to that outer rim of self-sufficiency and sustainability, the more self-sufficient and sustainable your homestead is. Now, if you've only got one spoke, does that make you, is that a complete enough wagon wheel to say you're a homestead? If all you're doing is having a vegetable garden, are you a homesteader? Well, I would call you a gardener. I don't know. Are you pursuing self-sufficiency and sustainability? Eh, it's iffy you know you might just be a gardener in that case if you have a couple spokes if you have garden and some livestock well if you have those two things you're probably doing some preserving and some cooking you've got four spokes right there i mean you're connecting all these things now in the midst of that i, I consider the space between that rim and 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 that and that hub of that wagon wheel is is this empty space right before you start putting any spokes in there you have this empty space well that empty space is made up of three things time knowledge and skills you have to have that's that space filled so how many things can you do with your time and your skills and your knowledge you can always add more knowledge you can always add more skills you only have so much time so there is a limit to how many spokes you can put in that wheel because you only have so much time you, you don't have time to do everything you want to do there's no doubt about that nobody does so you have to pick the things that you that you feel like make your homestead a homestead the things that you want to be doing that connect you to self-sufficiency and sustainability on your homestead i mean you can fill that with all kinds of things water collection leather work alternate energy needlework carpentry blacksmithing you know uh, a tanning i mean there's so many things you can fill that space up with with other spokes but you will run out of time and you have you, you only have so much knowledge I mean, you can always gain more knowledge and learn more skills but again it always comes down to time so uh, as many spokes as you can put in there what do i think homesteading is filling that hub in with, with that that time space in with uh with spokes spokes of of connection from your homestead to that outer rim of sustainability and self-sufficiency so Absolutely. If you're pursuing a few things, that's what I think. I think if you're pursuing a few things in self-sufficiency and state of sustainability, you're homesteading. That's my, that's what I think. That's my uh, opinion of, of homesteading. And again, we, we looked through this definition and I talked about it, it, it being characterized by subsistence agriculture, by livestock production, home preservation of foodstuffs, um, and other tasks like production of textiles, clothing, craft work, uh, for household use or sale. 
Again, those are all spokes. Each one of them things. I don't have to break them down one by one because anything you're doing, and and again, you're there's a, an endless amount of things you can be doing that can accomplish this. Some people, you know, most more of their homestead stuff takes place in the kitchen and in the garden. Some folks, more of their homestead stuff takes place in in the fields with livestock and and whatnot. I mean, it just it just depends. There's a lot of things that make your home a homestead. There's a lot of things that make you into a homesteader. It just depends on what things you want to do. Could you be a homesteader and not even have a, a vegetable garden? I think it's absolutely possible. If you're connecting enough spokes to self-sufficiency and sustainability from your homestead, your hub of your homestead, and gardening isn't one of those, I think it's possible. Could you just be doing livestock and some food preservation and, and you know, I mean, just doing a lot of other stuff, tanning and, and hunting and fishing and, you know, being more of like a bushcrafting type homestead? Absolutely. I mean, it just depends. Uh, could you do it and not have livestock? Absolutely. I mean, it's just one, it's one uh, spoke that you're taking out of that wheel, but you're adding other things. Uh, I think you have to do multiple things to be a homestead, but they're different for everybody. So, um, that's what I think homesteading is. That's my opinion on homesteading. And what didn't I mention in my definition and what is mentioned in the definition I give, but what did I not mention there? It's not necessarily, it's the last sentence of this, uh, of this definition. It says homesteading is not necessarily defined by where someone lives, such as the city or country, but rather by the lifestyle choices they make. It's not about where you live. You could live in an apartment and pursue and be pursuing a life of self-sufficiency and sustainability and just have different looking spokes. I absolutely believe that. You know what? A homestead that's out there with a hundred acres doing a lot of different things looks a whole lot different than my homestead in the city that's doing a few different things, but I'm pursuing several things. I have several spokes in my wheel, you know, but my wheel doesn't look like somebody else's wheel. And if you're in an apartment, your wheel's not going to look like somebody else's wheel. And if you live in a woods where the majority of your homestead is built around bushcrafting type skills, your wheel's going to look a lot different than my wheel. Okay. That's the thing. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter uh, uh, the place where you live, the kind of house you live in, how much property you have. Now, you do mention something I want to talk about is is full-time jobs. You talk about you and your husband both have full-time jobs. And you would like the ability to be self-sufficient, but it's scary. Yeah, um, you know, you can be a homesteader and have full-time jobs. Again, you have, you consider the time that you have left over after those full-time jobs. Now, what kind of spokes can you fill that time in with? What do you have time to do? Is there multiple spokes you could fill in with a full-time job? I do it. You know, I work 50, 60 hours a week most weeks pushing usually closer to 60 hours a week, most weeks. And we have a lot of spokes in our, in our wheel. We do, um, you know, we're gardening, we're raising livestock, we're preserving food, we're cooking, we're making herbal medicines. We're doing a lot of stuff here, you know, and I could go on and on and on. There's a lot more things we're doing. There's a lot of things I'm not doing that I could do here. Again, it comes down to time. You know, you will have so much time. Could you do more without a full-time job? Of course. Will you be able to put a few spokes in your wheel with a full-time job? Absolutely. You know, and, and maybe the more spokes you get, they will start maybe providing some income for your home. Maybe you'll be able to cut back on the work hours and even add more spokes to your wheel and, you know, and become more of the kind of homestead you want to be. And, and, you know, that's every homesteader's dream, right? It's mine. You know, I'd love to be able to be doing enough things on my homestead to where I could cut my hours back or quit my job completely one day and do all homesteading. 
but I can put a lot of spokes in my wheel working a full-time job, and you can too. And that's all I'm going to say about homesteading. That is what my opinion, what I consider homesteading. And you can absolutely do it. You say you're just getting started. And, um, you know, I think I think you're probably a lot further along than you want to admit is what I think. So uh, those folks out there that wonder what homesteading is, and if you could be one, how many spokes you got in your wheel? What are you doing? I say if you got at least four spokes in your wheel, and if you're doing two of those things like gardening and any livestock, you all, you have four because you're preserving and uh, and you're uh, you're cooking. So there's four spokes right out there off the bat. That'll hold a rim to a hub, you know. It ain't the most solid wheel in the world, but it'll hold a, it'll hold a rim to a hub. So there you have it, folks. There's that. Well, you did ask another question, and that was about books on. Uh, uh, a book suggestion on foraging for herbs and weeds and uh, for for edible and medicinal purposes. Now, I have two such books that I own that I really like, so I'm only going to recommend those. There are a lot out there, and I've heard a lot of good things about other books. The two I own are by the same author, and he doesn't get into the uh, medicinal purposes of, of the um, of the the foraging plants that he has listed in his books. He's got great pictures uh, for identification and harvesting and preparing. He talks a lot about preparing them for edible purposes, but many of the plants that he has in these books are, uh, have medicinal benefits as well. You just have to research that a little bit further somewhere else, but these are two great resources for, um, for uh, identifying and harvesting um, wild edibles. And that is the foragers harvest, is the first book, A Guide to Identifying, Harvesting, and Preparing and preparing Edible Wild Plants. It's by Samuel Thayer, and uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then he wrote a second book called Nature's Garden, A Guide to Identifying, Harvesting, and Preparing Wild, wild Edible Plants. And uh, both of those books are really good. I, I suggest both of them, and uh, both of those links are in the show notes. I like them. Those are the two I have. It's the only two I have on foraging, but I found them to be quite useful. And, uh, and especially where you live, I think they'll be really useful in the Midwest and where kind of where you're at and where I live, they're really, they're really helpful books. So those are the two I'm going to recommend because that's the two I have. I, I, I thought about listing out a bunch that I've heard good things about, but you know, I don't always like doing that because I, I don't know if they have a lot of great pictures or they make the things easy, easily identifiable, but these two books do. I like them and I think they're, they're worth having on your bookshelf. If you're going to do some uh, foraging, I do want to say this about foraging though. Be careful. Um, if you can find somebody in your area local who does a lot of foraging already, that will be a better resource than any book will ever be. So talk to people, make some friends, uh, find, see if anybody around here does foraging. Because those are, especially when it comes to things like mushrooms, and there are some poisonous uh, plants out there that you do not want to get. There are some that are easily mistakable. Uh, they look like other things. Books are pretty good about showing you the differences, and these books are too. But and, and I've done a lot of things by books, but let me tell you, you just got to be careful. Yeah, foraging can be a very dangerous exercise, and, and it's one that requires a lot of skill, but it's also one of the most helpful and uh, beneficial uh, homesteading skills you can develop. I really believe that. But there's a lot I still have to learn about foraging. I have a few go-to things that I forage and I haven't really dove outside of those things very much. So just be careful. Make sure. Make 110% sure of what you're eating before you eat it. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Um, and like I said, if you can find somebody in your area who's experienced in foraging, that's a better resource than any book will ever be. It really will be. But these two books can, can get, you, get you started and get you down that path quite a bit. 
Uh, today on the Homestead Life segment, uh, where I talk about what's better in my life because of homesteading, I talk about something I do now that I never did before, uh, the, before I started homesteading, and, and that was going on foraging hikes. I really enjoy f- hikes. I've always been a hiker. I've always enjoyed spending time in the woods. Uh, but now when I go out and I go walking around in the woods, I kind of have some purpose behind it. It ain't just enjoyment. I'm, I'm, I've always enjoyed the hiking uh, and hanging out and seeing nature. But now when I go, I always have a bag and I'm always supplying uh, food for my family and even my animals. I always do foraging anytime I go for a hike. And we have a a nature reserve here not too far from my house, just a few miles away from my house here. And I, I, I spend a lot of time in that woods. And right now I've been picking mulberries and stinging nettle. And, and you know, I've already noticed the, the wild raspberries coming on. And at other times there's mushrooms, there's nuts, and there's even some fruit I pick. I love spending time in the woods and and when i can do it while harvesting for the homestead it's just a win-win and that's something that's a way better in my life because of homesteading i mean i'm still doing a little bit of the same things but i'm doing it with a little more purpose now so get out there enjoy some time in the woods but don't just enjoy it uh, supply some things for your homestead while you're out there learn like Teresa's is going to learn what you can eat what provides food for your animals and i do forage for my rabbits and stuff too and um and take a bag with you. Take a couple bags with you and fill them up with some things from the from the woods, from the fields, while you're hiking, while you're enjoying yourself out there, and uh, supply some things for your homestead. It's a great little practice to do, and it's just something that's uh, better in my life because of homesteading. If you want to submit a question for the podcast, and I always need more questions, I've got a few uh, that I'm going to be answering over the next few uh, days, but uh, I need more. Always, I need as many as I can get. You can send your questions to ask at smalltownhomestead.com. Or you can call or text in your questions to our voicemail at 765-203-1949. And uh, just submit those questions as often as you like, as many as you want, and we will try to answer them on the podcast. Thanks so much for doing that, folks. I really appreciate the questions coming in. Thanks, Teresa, for the question today. Great one. Um, This podcast is made possible by those who join our Homestead Forum membership community. If you want to learn more about the benefits of being a member of that community, uh, just go to thehomesteadforum.com. You can read all about all the benefits there. And you, if you join, just know that uh, you're making this podcast possible. And uh, we need all the members we can get, folks. I really, uh, there's a lot of benefits in there. You're, it's not just a donation to this uh, podcast. You're getting, I feel like you're getting your money's worth. I try to, uh, it ain't very expensive. It's a really inexpensive membership. Like I said, you're in previous podcasts. Uh, it's like you're just maybe buying me a cup of coffee once a week, you know, for doing some podcasts is what it's like. So it's not a lot of money, but uh, many hands make light work, right? So if enough of you join, it, of course, it pays the bills here and it pays for the time involved in putting these podcasts together and the other things that uh, we're doing around here. And I really appreciate it. And uh, like I said, it's not a charity. I'm trying to give you plenty in that group to uh, make being a member worth it. So, uh, you know, we do live chats, we do uh, videos, got some courses putting together in there, uh, extra podcasts. And that's something a lot of folks join for us for the extra podcasts and, uh, you know, the forum and discounts to other products. There's some great stuff in there. Um, there's a, there's some gardening courses in there that are really cool. There's some eBooks you get discounts to. There's uh, actually products in there like Comfrey. You can get a huge discount on, on buying Comfrey um, root cuttings and crowns by being a member of the Homestead Forum. There's some great benefits to being a member in there. So uh, check that out. Uh, Go to thehomesteadforum.com. The show notes for this episode can be found at smalltownhomestead.com forward slash 90. And uh, thanks so much for joining me today, folks. Happy homesteading. 
and God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow. Thank you.